John chapter 18, starting in verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, He went forth with His disciples over the brook of Cedron, where was a garden into the which He entered and His disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed Him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with His disciples. Jesus then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, uh, that was Judas, not Jesus, <laughs> cometh thither with, with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon Him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered Him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am He. And Judas also, which, which betrayed Him, stood with them. As soon then as He had said unto them, I am He, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked He them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am He. If therefore ye seek Me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled, which He spake of them, which thou gavest Me, have I lost none. <clears throat> what I want to talk to you about tonight, really, is just a simple question. Can you trust Him? I felt like God spoke to me and said that there'd be somebody here tonight that has trust issues. And I'm not talking about with people, I'm talking about with God. Okay? And that's easy to do. You know, you live in this world, a broken world, and you're around broken people. You're around people that are human, right? We all have faults. And sometimes we're done wrong by other people. And sometimes it's so much to, the, to one side that you get to a point where you can't trust anybody or don't want to trust anybody. And then sometimes that spills over into the godly realm. You think, well, I can't trust anybody. I can't trust God. But I want to show you tonight a God that can be trusted. You know, we're looking at this Scripture here we just read and, and there's a whole lot of things you can take from this little Scripture. The thing I want you to see, though, is the power that Jesus had. He, he spoke some words, and these guys fell to the ground. He demonstrated to them that the only reason they were taking Him was because He allowed them to, right? He showed them that if He wanted to, He could easily slip away. You know, there was a time when... Um, he was at a, I believe it was at a, a feast, a party, or whatever you want to call it. And some people were looking for him. And the scripture's not real clear on exactly what happened, but basically he disappeared. They weren't able to find him, right? We don't know if he confused them. We don't know if he somehow just hid and got away or what, but. It sounds like to me it was something a little beyond just able to slip away from the party with nobody seeing him. 
You know, he had power to do whatever he wanted to do. He was God. He still is God. And we still serve a mighty God. And I want you to see that when he was on this earth, that, that he had power even over natural things that he come in contact with. And he, at any time, could have taken charge and done what he wanted to do in the flesh and not be reliant upon other people. There was another time that... Uh, do you all remember the story where he, he took all the bread and the fish and he, he broke it and he multiplied it and he fed many thousands of people? And at, at that time, now that was a wonderful miracle. That was a creative miracle, okay? You see, Satan can sometimes do things to deceive us that seems like a miracle, but he cannot create things, okay? And Jesus made a creative thing. He made something out of nothing, okay? And at that time, those people saw him for what he was, okay? I want you to understand this. They, they recognized him as the prophet, the one that had been prophesied of, the Messiah. They recognized Him for what He was. They misunderstood what His purpose was. They wanted to take Him by force and make Him king. And He got away. Why did He do that? That wasn't His purpose. That wasn't what He was there for. Could He have? Yeah. He could have stepped up. He could have became king of the Jews. And guess what? He would have had great influence. He could have even possibly gotten the Jews out of the bondage they were in under the Romans. He would have had a great position, untold wealth and, and power in this world. But what did He do? He gave all that up. He set it aside. Why? For me. So He could go pay the price. So He could become my Savior, my Redeemer, my Healer. So, we look at all these situations, and what I want you to do is compare not what Jesus did, but what would a normal person have done. You know, a lot of people would have taken advantage of those situations. They would have said, you know what, I've got the power, I'm not going to the cross. I've got the power, I'm going to become king. I'm going to rule. I'm going to take my rightful place and bow the chest out, right? That's what people would have done. But that's not what our King and our Savior did. Why am I telling you that? Well, because you can trust Him. You can trust Him because He puts you before His own personal wants and desires. See, see in the flesh, He may have wanted those things. And I believe there was even some degree of temptation for those things. Otherwise, his temptations by Satan would have been pointless. But he overcame them, right? Why did he overcome them? Because he loves you that much. He cares that much about you. He had a plan to fulfill for you and for me. So you think you can trust him a little bit? Yeah, you can trust him. See, he has nothing but your best interest at heart. And I don't know what you've been burned by. When you're a little kid and your mom and dad tell you don't touch the stove because it's hot, and you go touch it anyway, they don't have to tell you that again, do they? 
In fact, if they would have never told you and you went and touched it, would they still have to tell you after that? No. You get burned by something, you don't go back to it again. In fact, you might kind of walk around it a little bit. Right? That's how we are with people. You know the old saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right? God ain't ever fooled you. God ain't ever tried to play those games with you. People play games. People will toy with your emotions. God doesn't do that. Another thing I thought of was control. Do you ever struggle with giving up control of your life to God? Come on now. How many times have you prayed and asked God for direction? And then you went ahead and did what you wanted to. How many times have you asked God to intervene in a situation and then you went to work before He had an opportunity? Do you ever struggle with giving up control of your life? Why is that? Is it because you don't fully trust God? I don't know. See, if you really, really trusted God to the point that you were comfortable with just laying it down and letting Him have His His will, I think most of us would. But see, some of us have have been slighted by this world so much. And look, look, I'm not trying to diminish the history you have with people. I'm not trying to diminish the possibly terrible things you've went through in your life, but what I'm here to tell you is that God is not those people. God is not that person that burned you. He's not that person that tortured you or, or whatever whatever's happened to you in your life. He is not that person. God is the one that loves you. He's the one that will pull you out of those situations. He's the one that will stand up for you. He's the one that will protect you. He's the one that will provide for you. He is your Creator. He's your Healer. He's your Savior. He's not your abuser. He's not the one that wishes harm for you. The Word says that He knows His thoughts towards you. That they're for good... Not for evil. To give you an expected end. That's what God wishes for you. So, that control issue. I've seen women that have a hard time giving up control of their life to their husband. I've seen husbands that have a hard time allowing their wives to have any input in their lives. I've seen church members that have a hard time allowing some pastor to tell them how things ought to be in their life. Why? It's control issues, right? People have this chip on their shoulder. Well, I'm going to do what I want to do and there ain't nothing you can do about it. You're right. I can't. Unless you allow me to. Look, I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have ultimate wisdom and knowledge. But I know somebody that does. And that's God. 
And when I come to those crossroads in my life, and I, sometimes, y'all ever been in a situation where you look and you really don't see the best answer? Well, this one looks pretty good. And this one looks pretty good. What do I do? Man, when I hit those kind of situations, you know what I do? I pray and say, God, show me the right way. Now look, sometimes you do have to start stepping and see where God leads you. But you need to be listening to His Word. Listening to what He's guiding and directing you to. Don't just step off out into what you want to do and ignore the God of your creation. We find ourselves in a lot of situations in this life that require a lot of wisdom. Whether it be in our personal life, our work, our church life, whatever it is. There's, man, look, I have to make some tough decisions in my life, and I know y'all do too. Maybe it's a moral issue. Sometimes you have to, you know, integrity is not easy. If it was, it wouldn't even be up, they wouldn't have needed a word for it. Because everybody would have integrity, right? Integrity is doing the right thing when you know there ain't no chance somebody's going to get you. Nobody's going to know about it, right? And you still do the right thing. How much do you trust God? Do you trust Him? Look, He's trustworthy. God has never let me down. There's been times God hasn't done what I thought He ought to do. There's been times that God didn't come through the way I expected Him to come through. But you know what? He's always come through. There's been times He didn't come through when I thought He ought to come through. But He's always come through. And when I get on the other side of it, I look back and say, You know what, God? You were right. If you would have done it when I thought you had, it wouldn't have worked the right way. But you come through at the right time. See, that's my God. That's the God I serve. That's why I serve Him. Because He has ultimate wisdom and knowledge. There ain't nothing that can confound Him. There's no, no question that He sits there and has to ponder. Scratch His chin over. I don't know what we ought to do, Kevin. See, there's people that I look up to that I can ask those kind of questions and they'll say, you know, I don't know. I never encountered that before. Maybe they did encounter it and they didn't know what to do at the time and didn't learn anything from it. Right? See, the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. Foolishness. You take the smartest, wisest person you know, foolishness compared to the wisdom of God. So can you trust Him? Well, yeah, you can trust Him. He's the one that made all this stuff and set it in motion. He just spoke and things happened. Yeah, you can trust Him. He's never done you wrong, I promise you. You may have misunderstood something and thought He did, but I guarantee you God didn't do you wrong. You may have got what you deserved. Huh? You may have got what you deserved. Y'all ever seen somebody like that that got what they deserved and they just thought everybody was against them? I don't understand why everybody's always against me. Well, because you're doing everybody the wrong way. You got exactly what you deserved. 
There's some people that just can't ever do wrong in their eyes. God won't be your co-pilot. You know, that's a, that's a popular saying. People won't call God their co-pilot. Mm-mm. God's in command. If you're not going to let Him be in command, He ain't going to sit by your side. He ain't going to sit there and, and wait for you to, to look to Him and say, will you relieve me for a little while? No, that ain't God. Mm-mm. He's going to be in command or He's not going to be a part of it. He won't ever be second in command. You know, some people, I mean, that's... If you look at it, you look at our president. The vice president is a pretty powerful position, right? You look at... Um, in, in the military, there's always somebody that's that's got the highest rank and then there's those that are just under him that are his advisors... Man, they got a lot of stroke. They got power. Ain't that good enough? No, that ain't good enough for God. Look, He's God. We we sometimes diminish the the or or, or we don't put God up as high as He should be, and we we kind of try to bring Him down to our level so we can somehow comprehend and make sense of what He is. And anytime you do that, you are you are lowering His value. You're, you're taking away from His power and trying to put Him in this little box. And you can't do it. You can't do that. He, he is not going to take second place. He won't. So you have to decide, are you going to give Him control or are you going to have control? There can't be two bosses. Look, I've got about three bosses at work right now. And it drives me nuts, man. Because don't none of them know what needs to happen. And one of them will tell you one thing, and then the other one will say, well, well, aren't we supposed to be doing this? Yeah, I already know. And then the other one will say, well, why are you doing that? Well, because he told me to do it. Your life can't operate like that. If you're trying to pull one way and God's trying to lead you another way, God will just say, okay, you take it, buddy. I'll let you have it. And when you get ready to let me be in charge, you come back and tell me. Until then, you run with it. That's what God does. He'll take His hands off of it. He ain't going to fight with you. Now, He may stand over there on the side and say, Hey, are you ready? Y'all ever hear God calling for you like that? You're over there just working away. I can just see me behind a plow, just plowing away. And he'll stand over there on the side. Are you ready yet? Hang on, I'm working, God. I'm working. And finally, one of the, some of those times, I'll, I'll get to the end of the row and I'll say, man, I'm going the wrong way. This, I ain't even in the garden anymore. I'm off over here out in the baseball field plowing. And God will say, are you ready? And I'll go back to Him, right? And I'll let Him show me where I need to be headed. It's easy to get off on your own little tangent thinking you're serving God. And you ain't no more listening to God than nothing. Y'all ever been there? 
You ever think, well, man, I'm, I'm working, I'm serving God. You ain't listening to God, are you? You're doing what you think. See, in your own mind, you think, I'm doing the right thing. But you're not listening to God. I've been there, man. I've done it too many times. I find myself doing what I think is the right thing, but I have never stopped and asked God, how do you feel about this, God? I ain't never spent no time in prayer seeking God. See, the Word says that we should seek Him and His righteousness. When I do what I think is right, what am I doing? I'm going after my own righteousness, right? I'm not looking to Him and His wisdom. I'm going under my own power. Doesn't matter what my intentions are. The Word says that the the Word of God is what? It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What is the Word of God? Jesus. So I do what I think is right. Head and mouth. Man, I'm, I'm serving God, right? But God ain't nowhere near what I'm doing. You know, there's a lot of people in this world who have good intentions. That old saying couldn't be more true. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. The good intentions don't get me any closer to God. And they're fruitless. You want to see fruit in your life? You you have to listen to God. See, the Word calls those the fruit of the Spirit. That Spirit is not your good intentions. That Spirit is God. And you have to allow Him to be in control and be seeking Him when you're in your service to Him before you're going to see that fruit come out of it. 